Okay, recording. Oh, there she is. Let me maximize my screen. There we go. I will not be putting that burp in because I burped last episode and it was disgusting. <laughs> Where's my hat? My hair looks disgusting. My hair. Another scary story to tell in the dark. Am I right, Austin? I think it looks fine. Ugh, Did you just whatever. get it cut? Um, No. Well, yeah, kind of. But I also was wearing a hat all day, so it's super flat and stuck to my head. So, I mean, I you mean, know I'm, how it is. You always wear a hat, even though you have yeah, the freshest, beautiful my hair. hair. My hair is so long, though. Look at this shit. Oh, it's so look. long. And it's so soft. I'm jealous of your hair. I'm I'm just growing it as long as I can. I'm, as long as it'll go. Because it gets to... That's why I have to I have to shave the sides of my head and do the undercut because it gets really curly. But for some reason, the top of my hair doesn't get... I don't fucking understand. Oh, you I have the... You have the... Um, Oh, what's the mom's name? I forgot. What, Miss Brady. Yeah, it gets curly as fuck in high school. It was all like not like not like curls, but it starts flipping and like getting yeah. all crazy. So mine does that too, but only in the back. So, like if I grew a mullet, I'd have like really fierce. Please. Like it would look like hair extensions. Oh my god, I, I would I would give you so much money to grow a mullet, please. Okay. Oh shit. We've, we heard we heard it now, folks. How much that is, I don't know, but it is, quote, so much DVD. for me to grow DVD. a mullet. This is Slashers, your favorite horror podcast about your favorite horror media. Today, I am your host, and we have a very intimate setting because it's just me and my favorite gal pal, Austin, from Frightmares Podcast. Austin, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. It's going to get hot and hot and spicy up in here, I'll tell you that. So take should, off all your clothes. We should not be left alone to our own devices, but here we are, and uh, nope. it's going to get crazy. Yeah, Austin's you a red bell to... pepper, and I'm a Serrano. <laughs> you already tried undressing in front of me? Oh my goodness, Mikey. It's not my fault that I've lost 65 pounds. So this um, tank top, what used to be a tank top, is now basically the, uh, the what is it? What did, uh, was it Borat, the swimsuit he wore, where it was like yeah. a, a one suit speedo with the string yeah. that came up? Go all the yeah, way so up. Oh here I am God. talking to Austin, unbeknownst to me, my tit is just out. Um, so. <laughs> totally fine. It's totally fine. Everything's okay. But it has been a while since you've been on the show, so I'm super happy that you've joined us. How is the world of Frightmares going? It's going good. Just did episode 219, and you will be on our next episode, mm -hmm. uh, which is Body Bags, because I can say that because these are co coming out the same day. So, Oh, shit. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Austin decided that instead of pleasing his fans on Friday afternoons, for the end of the week, he would like to go against the Titan that is known as Slasher's Podcast <laughs> at the same scheduled programming date and time. For, I don't know why I did Fridays. I, I did it for so many years because I started originally on Mondays and I was like, no, I'm going to move to Fridays because like no one puts out on Fridays. Usually it's like Monday or Wednesday. And I'm like, OK, but that's a terrible idea because you're going into the weekend. You don't want to listen to something on the weekend. So, you know, well, I, I don't know. Move to Monday. I don't know how your views played out making the change, but in all honesty, I really liked that you were on Fridays because to me, you know, it's Friday, it's the start of the weekend, you have one more eight hour shift to get through. And I knew starting my trip to work was just going to be listening to Frightmares. And so Fine. you took Maybe that away from me. Maybe now, I'll go back to Fridays next year. 
No, it's fine because the views have have gone down a little bit though. So it's I don't maybe Monday is maybe there's too much competition because when I open up my app on Monday, there's like six podcasts ahead of mine. So maybe I just need to start scheduling them for like three a.m. or something. I don't know. Oh, that's actually a good point. If Monday is a popular time, it is. There's like does it. Shit, I there's at least six that I listen to, and they're all above mine. Even you guys who posted the same time, you're above me. And I'm like, how does that? How does it determine how you put these? On it the may not app? be at the same time because sometimes when I'm releasing it, I'm like, I don't fucking know how to convert the time. I'm just gonna put this time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, people are gonna hear it. It doesn't matter. It's the middle of the yeah. night. No one's listening right now. But I will say, like on Monday mornings when I, because I I listen to them on my way to work, or if I'm dropping Olivia off at school or something, I'll put on the radio or my my phone podcast app on my car, and I will look at the shows that just came out, and I'll see like the first couple, so I start listening to them, and as the week goes on, I you know new shows from different shows come out, so I listen to them, and then when I listen to them, I'm like, oh, let's see what else, and I'll like scroll down and be like, oh shit, that came out, and I never even knew it. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's got to be like a golden hour to to post, just like on yeah. TikTok and all that shit. I'm just gotta, I'll, I'll have to look into it. Yeah, figure out which code. Is the best. <laughs> well, oh, today is week or this week is week three of our back to school programming where we discuss things that kind of not necessarily movies about going back to school, but things that we kind of dealt with or had media of some sort when we were children. Uh, we did Goosebumps, we did Are You Afraid of the Dark, and now we are doing Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So while we'll actually be reviewing the movie that came out in 2019, we'll also be talking about the spooky books that came out. When did they come out? <gasps> I have, have them, them all. Um, the first one, Scary Stories, Scary Stories, yes, Scary <laughs> Stories. Uh, I just saw it. It was 1981. I didn't even know they were oh, that shit. fucking old. Yeah. Me neither. Um, and there is 34 stories in that one. Let's see, number two, probably like the next year. Um, 1981 as well. What? Well, that's weird. That can't be right. Just dropping fucking 16 books in one year. Well, to be fair, some of them are like one page long. Some of the stories are one page long. That's true. This one says 1991. So I guess, I guess two did come out in one year and then one came out 10 years later, but um the second book has 32 stories and the third book also has 32 so there's 99 stories almost in total which is fucking crazy because these books aren't really that big but yeah like you said they're like one page two pages at most but um yeah yeah, but they are are good oh yeah books are great so I know we it's funny because we both kind of had a similar kind of upbringing in regards to like family and religion um, yeah. I think my family was probably just a little bit bigger than yours, but the same thing. We're like religious family. We didn't really get exposed to a lot of horror media when we were young or even just like movies, TVs, things like that. We kind of are late bloomers. So yeah. when when did you first see these books? Even if you didn't read them, when did you first hear about them? That's funny because I actually like legitimately remember and I was going to tell the story. So perfect layup there. Um mm. Yeah. So there was a a year I went to see my family in Michigan. I think I was like 10, maybe 12. Let's go with 12. So that was what, 2002. Um, And my me and my cousin were like super close. We were he was like my favorite cousin. And you know, I always loved going to Michigan because that's the only time I ever got to see him or if he came down here. And uh, one night he 
was like, hey, let's like, oh, you want to see these books, scary stories to tell in the dark? And I was like, sure, whatever. Like at that point, I hadn't really seen much. Um, so he read me a few. And the one that stood out to me, the one that I remembered that like gave me nightmares is actually one that's in the movie. And it's the red spot with the spiders in that girl's face. The yeah. picture in the book. Holy shit, Mikey. Where did my shit go? Oh, I've got it. Let me find it. While you but, look for that, I'm going to get mine because I do want to see if there's a difference, but I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I do want to see if there's a difference. It's time to get soup. What the fuck? There we go. This will be for all of our YouTube watchers. Oh, oh check that shit out. Terrifying. Wait, I missed it. Show me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, this is the picture in the book of the red Ooh, spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that shit like that is like burned into my memory. And that was which the page is that? That for me is sixty. Uh, the red spot is sixty-two in the third book. Okay. Yeah, and literally the red spot is half of a page. That's how quick these things are, and that's what scared me the most is half a fucking page. Yeah. yeah Horrifying. So we have the same one. Horrifying. Like that yeah. face is utterly just so disturbing and fucked me up as a kid, and I remember when the movie came out, I was like, man, I really hope that the red spot is in there. And I saw the trailer and I was like, that's it right there. There it goes. There it is. Yeah. Yep. The Archie um, blows. And what's interesting when we talk about the movie in the segments, what's interesting too, is they took three tales from the first book and three from the third book. They didn't take jack shit from number two. I don't know what happened with that, but there's three from three from one and three from three. You mean three from Six. two? No, no, three from three. They didn't use more. They didn't use any from more scary to tell in the dark. They used the stories oh, from so one. Oh, so just one and three. Yeah, just one and three. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to let me see your three because oh, um I've heard okay check check and then more scary to tell in the dark check and then scary stories more tales to chill your bones <laughs> check. Okay. The reason why I ask is because I don't know. I think we have the original ones, but I heard that they were re-released, that these aren't made anymore. They were re-released by a different illustrator to not yes. be as gruesome. Yes, they that were. fucking sucks. It, um, there was reviews on Amazon. Um, I believe there was reviews on Amazon when I went to go buy these. And there was reviews from like five or six years ago that were like, these aren't the original books. Where are the original books? And I'm pretty sure that they started to make them again. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, there was a time when they were making them like less gruesome. And I'm like, really? Like that's yeah. the whole point of these books is scary shit. Don't dumb it down. Give me my spooky thing. Is, these books are written well because there's because I was going to say, would these stories be as effective if we didn't have the illustrations? But the illustrations definitely add on. Oh yeah. To the horror, but the stories like there's one footsteps that the picture is just like it looks it could be kind of comedic if it wasn't in the book that it's in, but it's just feet like coming out of the ceiling like in a comedic kind of way, not like yeah. gory or horrifying, but that story is really creepy. So, you know, it just shows that it's a marriage of the writing and the illustrations that basically struck gold for this series cuz everyone knows about it, everyone was freaked out about it. Um, I even tried rereading them. Um, I didn't get through all of it because I'm lazy as shit, but um, <laughs> you know, they still hold up. And I remember there was like a wolf girl one, that image stayed in my mind. That was in the book three. Okay. Um, oh, so when I was young, when I oh, yeah, was what about, child, what about you? 
when I was the relay, uh, <laughs> I went to, and I'm sorry, listeners, you've heard this opening many times, but I went to private school. And then we had these the book fairs, um, and these books were always crossed out. Our book fair little sheet that they would give us was always like censored before we got it, where teachers would mark out Harry Potter, they would mark out Pokemon, they'd mark out scary stories, what? goosebumps. It was private school. Pokemon um, though? Wow. Well, there was a time where they thought Pokemon were all, when we were back to just 151 Pokemon, they thought that they were all named after demons. Um, I know. I know. Literally one of them's Cobra backwards and it's a snake. So everybody yeah. calm down. And, and snake backwards is Ekans. Yeah, so Ekans. <laughs> everyone calm down. Um, but oh my goodness. I remember, and it's so weird that we're talking about this now because let me do story time. It was my niece's birthday and since I was born, there's been this place called Chicago's Pizza, which you've recently tried Chicago-style pizza in general. So in San Antonio, there's a place called Chicago's Pizza. If you live here, look it up. Get some of that shit because it's good. And they have what's called a seafood pizza. If you are a seafood uh, aversion of, what is it, divert? Well, I don't know. If you don't like seafood, then ignore this. But it is the my favorite. It's deep dish with basically mozzarella, shrimp, and crab. And then the Ooh. tomato sauce and Parmesan, whatever. It's delicious. My mouth's already salivating because of it and also because you're here. So <laughs> we got it for my niece's birthday and we ate it. And I was like, man, this is so weird. Like a blast from the past. I'm thinking about this. But what it really makes me think of is there's one house I lived in for one year. And it's weird that we're talking about it because my mom called me today and I brought it up because when I had that pizza at my mom's house, it made me think about that one house we lived in for one year when I was in fourth grade and that house was fucking creepy but I liked it and that's where I remember when Pizza Hut had those Casper figurines during Halloween that you would get when you ordered pizza or something I collected those and I lived there for that I just remember like those 90s Halloween commercials and like everything that we loved nostalgic from the 90s happened at this one year house and so um the reason why I bring that up is because when I was young, I had an uncle who is only like five or six years older than me. He's my step uncle, but he used to come watch me on the weekends when my parents would go out or whatever. And he was in high school at the time when I was in fourth grade. And so his high school had these at the library and he knew that I liked, I was getting into scary stuff. So he brought them. Um, and I think he stole them because he actually gave them to me. Uh, and so <laughs> that's how I was introduced to them. And like, even though my family uh -oh. was religious, even though my mom, my family was religious and everything, they weren't they weren't um, against me reading these or like watching scary stuff. It was just kind of like my stepdad's family ran churches and stuff. So it was more like they were always busy. And like when we did go out with them, they were the ones that were like, wouldn't watch that. My mom like cut the fuck up all the time watching. Like she showed me Jack Frost for the first time. And I remember throwing up because I was so disgusted by it. Oh, I was, God. I was child. I was a child. Um, so, yeah. So that's the nostalgia that I have with these. And when I heard that they were going to be made into a movie, I was apprehensive because as we know, PG-13 horror is mostly miss sometimes there's some hits call out to the ring and the grudge mm -hmm. uh, and they let's not forget they even though everybody else does so i was skeptical but then guillermo del toro was involved and i was like okay <laughs> that's my homie represent <laughs> mexico like mexico let's go and so yeah it's a three-time rhymer so <laughs> i was like okay i trust him and we just talked about this briefly, 
when I first watched this, I wasn't that impressed. I was like, mm. you know, it's kind of like when someone takes their pants off and you're like, eh, that's it. <laughs> but then I saw it again. And just like when you hook up for the second time, you're like, okay, I don't know what I was thinking that first time. Like you actually knew how to work it. You know what I'm talking about, Austin? Yes, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Your analogy of comparing a, like a, a kid's movie to sex was just kind of funny. <laughs> nay, nay. This is not a kid's movie. This is a well, movie a that's kid, based but... off of children's media that has grown with its audience. There you go. That was a much better way. That's way better than what I said. <sighs> I'm sorry. I just have you so flustered. You do. It's been so long since I've seen your face. It's been <sighs> so long since you recorded with me. You forgot how nasty I am. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So wait, what were you saying though? Now I'm now I can't even think. You've got me all um, hot and bothered over here. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just talking about my first impression when I heard it was coming out. It was PG thirteen. Yeah. At first I was like, eh, but then Guillermo del Toro was involved. So then I was like, okay. But we mentioned before how you said that you actually I don't know if you didn't like it or you were just kind of like eh the first time you watched it, but that this time around you actually liked it more. Yeah, I think for me, like, so I gave it a 3.5 the first time I watched it, which for me means it's a great movie. I think it was more based in the nostalgia of the, you know, the stories and, you know, how I grew up kind of reading these here and there. Um, but yeah, watching it again, I, I realized how truly clever this movie is with the scares and how they're so simple yet effective. And I just, I really enjoyed the narrative too with the book and how it was writing out the stories and it was happening. Like, it's a very clever movie. Um, so I think I just appreciated it even more because I wasn't watching it just having nostalgia. I was watching it like almost for, like the first time through a different set of eyes. And I was like, you know, this movie actually is really solid. I'm surprised yeah. it doesn't have like that great of ratings on, on Letterboxd, but definitely enjoyed yeah. it a lot more the second time. I'm surprised it doesn't have, well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't actually check out the ratings, um, but I will say that I I do think it is appreciated more than other pg-13 horror movies because it is it's a staple for some people on halloween it's still pretty popular it's the perfect example of how to be fucking disgusting and pg-13 at the same time because yes. not just the spider but that fucking toe suit oh my that is so hard to watch and it's not even it's not even bloody or gory it's just oh i already told you i'm not feeling good and so when that came on <laughs> right. i was like oh, no. I'm going, and I'm making soup for dinner, mind you. <laughs> no. and it's, it's so, it's, it's so, it was just so gross. It's but that's so how this, gross. that's how these books are. Like the books can be so disgusting, but on surface level, it's, you know, there's no blood. There's no, you know, it's not over, over the top or anything like that. It's just, we all know. Like it's it's in your head because you you put the pieces together. You know where toes go. You know like how disgusting a dead person's toe is. They don't have to put it in your face in this movie. And it's just, you know. So before we get into it, uh, just real quick, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out in 2019. It's directed by Andre Overdahl. I don't know what that O with the slash through it, if that's how you pronounce it, but you know, I tried. Overdahl. Um, of Riddell, written by Dan Hagman, Kevin Hagman, and Guillermo del Toro, starring Zoe Margaret Coletti, Michael Garza, and Gabriel Rush. Um, it's available, I saw it on Hulu, which is probably the best thing you can watch it on because like Tubi has it for free, but you have to do commercials. I think Peacock has it. So yep, that's where I watched it. it. 
yeah, it's like a really good Halloween movie because it takes place around Halloween. And what I mean by that is it takes place before, on, and after Halloween. Yeah, I think it, doesn't it open on Halloween, right? It opens the day before because, or maybe it is the day of. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, yeah it's the day of because they're going trick or treating and they do the whole like. I just stuff. watched this and I can't remember. <laughs> it's okay. We're past 30. We don't, we're not responsible for remembering things. <laughs> The one thing that I was confused about is it takes place in 68. Do we know why? Um, it might have something to do with Del Toro. Uh, he does like his movies set. Like, I don't know. He does like a lot of like um, Devil's Backbone is set in like a war time. I don't know what it is with him in like war, but like he that's a thing with him. So maybe it was his influence. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, because there is a really war. Know. There's a heavy war back mm -hmm. drop. In regards to like draft dodgers and Nixon, um, the the presidential campaign going on with Nixon and I forgot who else. But anyways, that's boring stuff. Back to the movie. Like you said earlier, the movie is cut up kind of like an anthology. When you do research on the movie, they call each excerpt stories. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, if you IMDb the trivia, be careful with the one that says spoilers because there are spoilers, like big ones. Are we? Hmm? We won't spoil it because it is fairly new and it's Halloween time, prime time for watching. So watch this sure. movie. I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But there are six stories. I believe the first one we're going to discuss in order is going to be I got you. The the scarecrow's name Hubert. So Howard. the the overarching story itself, uh, as I looked this up just to check, is called The Haunted House, and that's where they go get the book. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like the I guess you could call that the wraparound, you know, like that's the story that's going on in the background. But yes, the first actual segment is uh, Harold. Harold. I have a picture here. Where did he go? They did, a fucking, they did a great job of actually making these things look just like, I mean, that yes. that's the picture there. So anyone on YouTube can see the pictures. But yeah, that's Harold and he looks identical in the movie. So they did a great job trans like translating it to screen. Yeah, he looks amazing. Like it's it's Harold like Harold. from the page and one of the interesting things i did read is harold is made to have human features but not human it's it was strange but basically if you pay attention to him his body is in the shape of a pumpkin like a rotted pumpkin his face looks like a halloween plastic mask his bones are the uh, wooden planks that hold mm -hmm. up the scarecrow so it was just those those details i thought were really interesting and really cool because they're when you look at him it's what is the term when you have a weird feeling about something that looks human but it's not like a robot uncanny valley it, oh uncanny valley yeah or like yeah 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 um, is, so it's kind of like that like you're like yeah that's a person ish and the longer you stare at it you're like mm, my cooter's that. tingling in the wrong way i need to get out of here you know good <laughs> My pelvic floor is telling me to get the fuck out of here. It is, it is vibrating. I need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, I'm glad they started off with that one because that is the iconic. But and even though it yeah. is very frightening, because usually you think, oh, well, you're you did the most frightening one first. That's not the case here, because I think that they're all equally frightening. Basically, each one of these characters is involved in their own story. Harold mm -hmm. is a story written for our resident bully Tommy, which is funny. Oh, I hate him so because much. Because I know. But <laughs> I think the reason why I don't hate him that much is because he's a douche and he's hateful. Very reminiscent of like the bully and it where like mm. if he wasn't in this situation, he'd probably just become a murderer and kill people. <laughs> True. 
the actor that plays him it's so strange but it's also 68 so like what was considered a hot stud back then is different than like today because he plays the popular jock like bully in 68 but he's like thin he has you know like interesting facial features um in euphoria he plays the school nerd and he looks like so it's just it's interesting to see him play both parts but it works in scary stories because this is uh 68 and we didn't have like roided out dude bro high schoolers (laughs) so it worked it was all about the hair back then and he had some pretty fucking pretty nice hair honestly he had blonde hair yeah the hair and the sport you played because i think he was a baseball player yeah pretty sure he was a baseball player yeah yeah he had a one of those jackets i don't know letterman jackets that's it letterman jacket there we go um yeah and so we have tommy going against harold so that was great um Mm. don't want to give any spoilers so we'll probably end it there the next story we have is going to be is it the toe the big toe the big toe this is it's not the scariest one it's the grossest one yeah this (laughs) one looks i don't think that looks anything like the creature from the movie but it's still it's still creepy as shit there are creatures from the movie that are from the book, but based off of what I read, there are some creatures that they took some liberties on, which I ain't mad. It's fine. Cause no, that one no, in the no. book looks a little silly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so we have, which I liked this character. He was really sweet. He was the nice friend, kind of a nerd. Um, oh, Augie. I loved Augie. Augie. But then like in the book, cause so, this girl finds it or they go to the haunted house and they find this book written by someone named Sarah. And yes. so each time one of the characters is going through their own story or segment, the book starts writing itself, talking about what's happening to them. And I was really confused because it was addressed to August. And I was like, but it's October. <laughs> August <laughs> is a name <laughs> that Augie is short for. So that was a little bit of confusion on my end. If you are on the same boat, don't worry. I'm with you there. <laughs> but yeah, so he gets home and he warms up some soup. And I think, <laughs> is he talking to his mom? And his mom's he's like, like hmm. to his, yeah, he's like, well, I don't know. Someone made it. Like, hmm, yeah, someone had to make it, mom. And I was like, oh, don't no. Eat, don't eat the mystery stew that even mom doesn't know about. Yeah. If mama <laughs> don't know where the soup came from, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Rule of thumb or rule of toe, I guess. Ew. Rule of the big toe. Uh, But yeah, so this one was great. Very disgusting. Um, It had like almost a surprise. I didn't remember this story, but it it had a surprise like, because it's not just about eating a toe. Like there's someone, a spirit or something that's like, you took my toe, give it back to me. Yeah. And so looking for that toe. Looking for him. So good luck, Augie. We really liked you. Um, <laughs> hope to see you in the next one. After Augie, we have Ruth, I believe, in the red spot. Yes. So interesting dynamic because Ruth is Tommy's girlfriend, but Ruth is also the sister of one of the friends. Uh, fortunately, Ruth does not look like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's, She's very, much prettier. Yeah, much prettier than whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, and so we and and you know all of these stories kind of revolve around a fear that these kids have let out. That's why I never when someone says what are you afraid of I'm like really hot guys with huge dicks. Terrifying. 
because if anything ever tries to curse me, I'm like, oh no, I'm so scared. Um, Help me. Yeah. Oh, what do I do? (laughs) Uh, That's not a toe in my soup, if you know what I mean. Hey. So she's afraid of spiders and she develops a red spot on her face, which trivia, the straight to video film Urban Legends 3 Bloody Mary had a similar scene where a woman has a red dot on her face and similar to what happens to Ruth, spiders come out of it. This isn't really a spoiler because you see this in the trailer. Yeah. Spiders come out of her face. I remember watching that movie and being like, this reminds me of that story in that book. (laughs) So (laughs) don't you dare try to say that this book, I mean, this movie copied off of Urban Legends 3. I didn't even know there was a third Urban Legends. Oh my God. Not many people did. Um, I know about one and final cut, but not three. Yeah, three was, I remember it being decent, but it doesn't need to be revisited. Uh, It's kind of like one of those movies, like remember Messengers 2 with the Scarecrow? It's like, this has nothing to do with Messengers, the first one. Right. It's like that, where it's like, why you're just attached to to get a built-in audience from the name. But we're not here to talk about Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. We're here to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. Stop railing me. I mean, stop derailing me, Austin. Um, Jeez. Didn't do anything. um, I know. Is there anything you'd like to say about these shorts so far? Uh, Without spoilers, I won't, because I know we don't want to do that, but um, I do like the setup for this, the finding the book, nothing in the book, and then it starts writing everything out. I thought that was a great narrative. I think that that was a very smart way to do like telling the segments instead of just them already being there. It's like writing it out. So it's like, it's almost like they could affect it in some way. It gave me like final destination vibes almost like their deaths mm-hmm. were imminent. Um, Harold, I thought was great because they found a way to like give you gore without giving you gore hint, you know, all the straw that was coming out. Yeah. I thought that was fucking great. And then um, the scene where Augie gets like pulled under the bed, how they shot that was just like, it's oh, yeah. so, like I said, this, this movie is just so clever and the way they do the scares, like when, ooh, what's the like the main main kid with the curly hair? He's he has the the big pale the Mexican girl. guy. No, oh, no, no, that guy. Yeah, um, whatever his yeah, name is. That's Ruth's brother. His yes. name is Chuck. Chuck. Oh, that's right. So yeah, when when they go to the haunted house in the beginning, and Chuck goes into that cabinet to like scare somebody. And then he opens the cabinet door and like it's fully furnished. The lights are on. There's that creepy lady sitting on the bed and the Doberman pincher. Like that was like so simple yet so effective. And then um, I think it's Augie comes up and opens the doors and Chuck gets all freaked out because he thinks it's the lady like this scares and this like they really did it just as being PG-13. They, they really found smart ways to still make it very spooky, um, but, you know, make it to where everyone could watch it because. I get yeah. why they did PG-13 because like these were kind of for kids, you know, like they were meant to creep kids out. So I know they wanted a broader audience. So, um, and then yeah. the toe, yeah, the toe is just, that's definitely the grossest one. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how you're going to eat that soup tonight, Mike. <laughs> uh, maybe I won't. <laughs> My new diet plan is just to gross myself out with movies. Yes. Um, there you go. But I, I, I agree. I do. I do like, cause I kind of miss that we kind of took away legit scary stuff from kids um like you read the stuff that is for kids right now like the horror stuff or even like you know hocus pocus 2 for example like it's a lot more um i know it's supposed to be family friendly but you know even hocus pocus 1 there's family friendly but it had stakes 
Like yeah. the stakes were life and death. And I never felt that in the new one. Um, and so this one, it brought that back where it's like, yeah, this is for kids, but also like people die. Like some of these kids die. Some of them don't, yeah. but some of them kids, do. A lot of kid de- deaths in this yeah. movie. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're not graphic. You don't see anything, but there's no, ha- there's not really a happy ending to this book or this movie, to be honest. I know. It's kind, and it's so, kind of a bleak and, ending. And I really like that. And I, I wish we had a episode where we just talked about books we read when we were kids. Cause I remember my mom brought me home a book one time when she traveled to New York for work and it was the R.L. Stein, uh, The Midnight hour it's not the haunting hour because i know he has something called the haunting hour but i think it's called the midnight hour and it's like an anthology and those stories are fucked up and it's for kids and i read it last year and like kids dying up it's like goosebumps but like on steroids um <laughs> okay so i want more i want more of that but but yeah so another thing that i was mentioning is it's an interesting dynamic with ruth because ruth is chuck's sister but she's also tommy's girlfriend so yeah while he is basically terrorizing them, she finally, like, because at first she's kind of, like, on his side, but then she's like, okay, this is going too far, and she stands up for them, so then he becomes a douche and actually, like, pushes, literally pushes her in with them and starts treating her like uh, she's one of them. One of them, yeah. Um, yeah, so poor Ruthie Ruth gives birth to a bunch of babies, um, and so after her, we have, is it the Red Room? um it's called the the dream oh the dream yes which... well, but it's it's it does involve the red room but yeah it's funny because mm-hmm. i thought it was called the pale girl but no it's called the dream and again fucking just like the book i mean that is looks just like her just like it um but yeah that's the next one where chuck yeah chuck curly yeah, hair kid. chuck chuck goes against the pale girl girl is very loosely used in this sentence because i have no idea what that is yeah it just um, looks like a creature at that point doesn't really have like a sexuality yeah she to me is probably the scariest ghoul in this because what makes her creepiest first of all her face isn't proportionate to being a human her eyes are super far apart she's very strange she looks like she's wearing like a muumuu but <laughs> It's her, the color of her skin, and it has veins going through it, so it's almost like skin. Yeah. And I think the scariest thing about her is that you don't actually know what her motives are because she, she's freaky as fuck. Let's not pretend that's not the case. But also, like, I don't know if you thought so, but I felt like there was almost like a sense of like maternal vibes with her. Like she wanted to like keep you safe, even though she is creepy. Um, and even like towards the end without giving anything away, she's like hugging him. Yeah. Um, it's just I I I but I was like, that's that's scarier because it's not like, you know, it's not like who what we have next, um, the crooked man or whatever, where he looks vicious and he looks like he wants to kill you. Whereas this ghoul was just kind of like, I don't know. She looked a little caring. She looked a little cute, but she also looked <laughs> a lot of fucked up. And so <laughs> a lot going on with her i know i'm so conflicted she looked uh she looked squishy like like i wanted to hug her but i also don't because she looks crazy there's a lot to unpack with that whole situation is she wearing a dress is she naked is that like (laughs) skin that she's i don't know do we just need to moisturize her hair like (laughs) yeah give her some uh give her some avino to moisturize that skin yeah um (laughs) but and then the whole the whole like last part of that is all in, in a little red room 
And so it's yeah. that just kind of amps it up. And there's like, so I was watching it. Olivia was in the living room with me, but I made her a little uh, hut. Because even though it's PG-13, this isn't like, because she saw Killer Clowns recently. That was good. Mm. This might be a little too much for her. Yeah, um, there's definitely some really spooky parts. Yeah, because she's seven, everybody. So made a little hut for her and then she was watching her tablet. But like the the noises and there's like an alarm going off that are, uh, and like it's just it gives you anxiety so i was like hopefully she's not getting like audio horror over there <laughs> so yeah there's a lot to go with that one the noises the the colors and then that big waddling sack of flesh whatever she <laughs> return is return of the moomoo lady um <laughs> yes but i loved her and so and i think is this the last one that we're about to go over yes me me tied doty walker yes that's him. what it's called it, I, I don't here you can read it everybody on youtube me tie doty walker which again so this is this is one i think they definitely ran with because this is just a picture of a head and the jangly man is much creepier than this thing um yeah. so yeah i think they took some liberties there and decided to go and do their own thing and that was a good idea because that shit was creepy as hell it was creepy. I'll admit it was a little more CGI than I wanted because everything else was done so practically. Even Harold and the pale girl, they're, they were mostly outfits. They yep. may have done some CGI to the pale girl's face just because the way that her face is. Um, but, but you know, the cool thing about the jangly man, is that how you count? Because I man, yeah. accidentally called it something that I don't think is appropriate. So I'm Ooh. avoiding saying that again. Um <laughs> so um, i know what it is but i won't say it well because i i think one time i heard that that was like a derogatory term so i was like i don't know if i want to say that um, oh god okay but uh yeah so they used a contortionist to play this character um and this contortionist was on one of those reality tv shows like the america's got talent or something so that's cool Oh really yeah it's always fun oh. when they use actual contortionists to do the movements that are perceived as unnatural but some people can do them so that always that's kind of like using practical effects it works better because it's actually happening yeah there was definitely one scene when the jangly man was like turned over that i could tell it was definitely practical but most of his was not but there was definitely scenes where he was there was someone in a suit and they were doing that backwards reagan crawl oh my god <laughs> i was just about to say the, the exorcist walk <laughs> yeah the exorcist spider crab whatever it's called walk oh my god he was creepy as hell. His face was kind of like split at the bottom. And he like You know what he reminded me of? Oh what? Oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. What do you remind you of? Um, did you ever see that Argentinian movie uh Terrified? Terrified. Oh yeah. Oh god, that that is the cover, yeah. the poster, yeah. that's what he looked like. Oh shit. Yeah, I could see that. Well, a shout yeah. out to that movie, by the way. If you've never seen Terrified, it's a terrifying yeah. movie. Oh my god. It is one of the best like so fucking scary and so good not terrifier which is good in its own right yeah it's terrified from argentina 2017 um on shutter so yes oh it's so good i need to watch it again the first time i saw it i actually like fell asleep on adam's lap because i was being romantic and but it was still scary the shit out of me but um it's so romantic anyways um yeah, and so basically, without spoiling it, some kids make it, some kids don't, some kids uh, physically make it, um, but maybe their mind doesn't. And I know that they had plans for a sequel fairly 
soon after it was released, but something happened that paused it. Austin said that the C- you read that the sequel is still coming, which I really hope so, because it ends like the kids aren't done. The, rem- the remaining kids are like, we need to go do some stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, especially uh, main uh, Stella. Stella, Stella. Yeah. she's, uh, you know, writing stuff now. And so, I mean, th- and they could easily do 17 more movies because, like I said, there's nearly 100 stories. I mean, of course, I'm sure all of them aren't like amazing. I haven't read every single one, but they could easily do a couple of these um, using the same characters. I don't know if that would work as well or if they would just go to a whole new group of people. But I mean, if they could involve Stella in some way, I mean, I think they can make it work. And there, it's it's still on IMDb. I think COVID might have had something to do with it because this came out in 2019 and then COVID happened. So maybe that's what put a stop to it. But it's been four years. So I don't even know if it's well, still know, happening. Or not. What? That's actually par- fairly decently timed. For some reason, I thought this was older. So it's nope, not it's like, pretty recent. you know, yeah, it's not like Thanksgiving where we were told 15 years ago we were getting a movie and now it's finally coming out. Um, so, you know, what? it is it is possible. And I hope, I feel like they would, they would, so one spoiler is Stella lives. She's the main character. It's not a surprise. Who else (laughs) you have to watch? But um, I feel like Stella has to be in it because the whole thing was about this book that was being written. She's a writer and there's some, there's someone I think they need to help. Um, And also I feel like, I don't know if some of the people that quote unquote died actually died. I don't know if it was. If, if it's PG-13, did they die off screen or was this their version of dying because they couldn't show much or are they just taken somewhere? There's so. one that I don't like. There's a couple where you're like, OK, that person's definitely not there. But there's a couple that just kind of get like pulled off screen and that's mm-hmm. it. So you don't and, you know, so I, I think there could definitely be some still alive. Um, But, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like you kind of want them to figure out a way to get these people back and maybe that's what the sequel's about um i have a great idea for the sequel though if you took stella and kind of like had her as an adult right and she still lives in the town and then another group of kids finds the book or whatever and it starts happening again she can be like i know what fucking fix this the first time and help out i don't know she's on the cast for the second one right there so and her dad which by the way is the dude from fucking breaking bad uh, Hank I love Trader. her dad. Yeah, he's great. Um, so those two are cast, same director. It says it's in pre-production. Maybe we'll is, see it. Is Guillermo still attached? Let's see. Uh, producer. He also helped write it. Yeah, Del Toro's there. He's also on as a writer. Oh, he's not. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. So I mean, he's writing, producing. So. I don't know the thing with IMDb and when stuff is in pre-production, it's like, okay, is this actually going to happen or not? If it said if it was filming, then I'd be like, okay, cool. But I really want this to happen because I enjoyed this one a lot, and they can do they can do so many stories. Yeah, me too. And you know, I think there needs to be a resurgence of good PG thirteen horror movies. There's a movie called It Lives Inside that's PG thirteen that looks so good. Um, so- I have very high hopes for it. And so, you know, maybe we can start getting some of these. I'm not against PG-13, but you got to do it right. Don't show yeah. me this wackadoodie Disney Channel and it's PG-13 because I said fuck. Like, no, no, this is what we need to do. A la The Ring, scary stories to tell in the dark. And 
that lives inside looks like it's going to be really intense, even though it's PG-13. Boogeyman was PG-13. And regardless of how people felt about it, it was intense. Um, uh, Drag Me to Hell is also PG-13. That's a really good uh, Sam Raimi joint. So it can be done. Yeah. I know it can be done. Um, Voyage of the Last Meteor, or The Last Voyage, that wasn't PG-13, that was, was it? That was yeah, our, which hard. funny yeah. enough, is the same director as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to, we're, we're going to say we enjoyed Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I gave it 3.5. You gave it 3.5. You should watch it. I actually wanted to, before we end the podcast, talk to you about a recent release, oh. a quick spoiler-free review, but we can also do one for Demeter if you'd like, because we've both seen it. And I haven't I'm seen little... Demeter. Oh, I thought you did. Oh, I still have. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, I'm I will give my quick spoiler review of Demeter because I I really am surprised that people gave it shit. I thought it was great. I didn't like the characters, but it was that didn't matter because I wasn't there for them. We all know what we come for. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> tell me, so, Mikey. What what do we come for? We all came to see Dracula, bitch. Um, and so mine's not in the gutter like mine was. Okay. Austin, you're disgusting. <laughs> you see, folks, and everyone says I am the slut. Just kidding. I am. But, we do come for Dracula. Yeah, Dracula makes you come all the time. But um, so I'm just saying I, I, I'm a little disappointed that the horror community hasn't come out for Demeter as much as it has. It's beautiful, shot beautifully. Dracula looks so good. The characters suck. But like I said, we're not there to see. If you don't want to hear the, uh, anything about this, feel free to end the episode now. We love you. Redbubble, Patreon, all that stuff. Um, I was going to say, let's do a quick little spoiler-free review of The Nun Part 2. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm down because for that. Because to preface, I was a fan. Not, a, not like, ooh, but I enjoyed the first one. It wasn't scary. The Nun wasn't as scary as she was in Conjuring 2. Um, mm-hmm. But in... The first nun, she wasn't scary. It was PG-13. Um, that was actually a decent PG-13 movie. It was intense, even though it's not scary. Um, it was pretty intense. I loved the way it was shot, the time period, scenery. I usually don't like Tessa Farmiga, I believe her name is. Um, Ta- but I thought she did great. Taisa. Taisa, yeah. Taisa Farmiga or whatever. Um, I thought she did great in the first one. Um, I heard about the second nun coming out. I was like, Oh, I would give it a shot, but then I found out she was coming back, and I was like, okay, well, now I'm in because I really liked her. Mm-hmm. And saw it last night, did not regret seeing it. Um, it is good to me. It was scarier than the first one, much more intense and violent than the first one. Wasn't perfect. There were definitely things I would have done differently, but if you're just looking for a good time to watch a fairly decently creepy movie with good actors, watch it. Yeah, um, I gave I gave the first one like two point five with a heart. Like it was okay, you know. I mm-hmm. I wanted the nun from the Conjuring, and we got this kind of weird fake out. Like there were so many scares that were like fake out scares, and I was like, oh my god, just fucking do a jump scare at this point. Um, yeah. So I wasn't like huge. On the oh, first those one. were plenty in the second. <laughs> Holy shit! You're not kidding. So you know, and upon this last watch, I was like, okay, I'm gonna at least give it the heart. Like it's it's got something there. But the Nun 2, holy, so we saw it in Dolby. And if you don't know anything about Dolby, it's like extremely extravagant speakers and like crazy big uh, stadium seating. 
And I can't tell you how many times I just like did that <laughs> in the theater because the jump scare was just like, and, you know, I know a lot of people don't like jump scare movies and I don't typically either, but this, this movie, just like Curse of La Llorona, which is the same director actually, is a, they're just great jump scare movies. Like they, this one was so much fun. There was actually a pretty decent story with the, uh, the, the eyes and all that stuff. And Thaisa was great. And it was fucking brutal, like towards children, towards anybody. Um, it's a bit long, like it's an hour 50. So that's really my only complaint. But I gave this one three and a half because I was like, that was so much better than uh, the first one. Just what they did. And the nun was definitely creepier. There was some really good, um, just really good scenes. And they have the same cast as the first one. Um, Frenchie's back, Thaisa Farmiga's back. And then they introduce a whole new, you know, crew of people. And, and stay for the credits there's a mid-credit scene so don't you know don't be sure to don't be sure be sure to not miss that there we go i can speak yeah don't be like me and have to rush out to take a shit and then text austin <laughs> that night and be like what happened i had to go to the bathroom um <laughs> yeah it's like a but... quick like 15 second scene but it, it it hints at something so good um yes but i also you know i i grew up catholic and i've always have a soft spot for badass nuns so uh, and then I will say most country movies tend to have their main bad guy plus a special guest bad guy. I don't know if I told you this already. Um, mm. The special guest bad guy in The Nun 2 is probably my favorite special guest. Uh, evil being that I've seen in a Conjuring universe. You're going to have to tell me. I, I, I don't know why I'll I'm tell you off screen. Okay. Um, yeah. Definitely but, a fun thing. Yeah, but okay. I'm going to block it out of the video. But look, this oh yeah oh yes yeah i loved that thing that was scared the shit out of me horrifying and i'm pretty sure it was <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was mostly practical that shit was yes i was like uh we better be getting a movie about this by itself next time <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. i love that me um, that spinoff movie oh my goodness exactly but oh. that brings us to a close. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week with a movie. It's not actually something that reaches back to our childhood, but it's a movie that kind of plays with the theme. Um, if you want to hear Austin's super sexy bass voice, you can hear him at Frightmares Podcast, available every Monday, wherever you hear this podcast. You can also follow him at... Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd and Frightmares Podcast. Frightmares Podcast on Instagram. All socials. Yes, all socials, Frightmares Podcast. If you want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at Horror and a Half Shell. I'm in timeout for some reason until tomorrow, so I can't comment on anything. <laughs> I oh, keep forgetting. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I like to blame. Um, I think it was Spirit Halloween told on me. I'll tell you later. Oh, um, but. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of, but um, uh, yeah, so Horror and a Half Shell, um, I'm on Letterboxd at Mikey and the T-Rex, um, and then you can find us on Patreon at uh, SlashersPod, patreon.com slash SlashersPod, we'll be coming up with some new perks next month that I'm excited to share with you, so follow us, reach out to me if you'd like to, let me know what you want to hear, um, thank you for joining today, goodbye and good die. Bye! Bye! Sorry, bro. No, stop.